0: Soup. Hey guys, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Arthur Solomon with the Solomon Group. And today I have a very special guest, Melissa Tuttle, clerk of Courts for Clark County. And uh, this is going to be a treat for you guys. We just wanted to sit down with Melissa. It's actually her first podcast that she's ever done. So really excited to have her here today, this morning. Thanks good. for being here.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. I greatly appreciate it.
0: You know, some of our viewers may not know who you are. So that's what this, this segment's about. We want to yeah. I- introduce you to our viewers for those that maybe not don't know you. Uh, or those that need a refresher. So uh, can you just start out by telling us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you came up and we'll go from there.
1: So, uh, Melissa Tuttle, I am the Clerk of Courts in Clark County, Ohio, and um, I'm from Springfield. I went to Shawnee and went to University of Toledo for undergrad and Capital University for law school. And when I went to law school, I was working as a bank teller and commuted. Um, I lived in South Mountain Historic District, so I love my older homes. I love the character of this um, community. Um, so I've been a homeowner for uh, 12 years now, and now live up in Ridgewood. And I love uh, I love what we have here in our community. And my family's been here since 1806. Wow. So since before Clark County existed. So I'm very passionate about um, the records that I have in my clerk's office because that's people's lives and people's property that I hold at the clerk's office. All of um, the land records are held in the uh, recorder's office, but any property that was under dispute and there was lawsuits involving it where there was a quiet claim deed, that all came through um, the clerk's office. So I'm very passionate about the history um, so I did go to law school, so I've been practicing law for seven years now. So I'm licensed to practice in the state of Ohio, the Southern District. And also, I am um, actually licensed to practice before the United States Supreme Court.
0: Wow, that's exciting. Yeah. Just to dive back a little bit. So Simon Kenton, that's like 1804. Mm-hmm. So do they come together? Or like, how, yes. How did...
1: So one of my ancestors married Simon, the Simon Kenton's daughter.
0: Really? Um,
1: yes. So um, there's uh, one of one of the cousins of an ancestor. So um, there's several branches of the family tree um, and Tuttle Brothers was my family. So um, we had an automotive parts store and from 1917 until 2007. So during the recession, um, before small businesses, really that insurgence of people supporting small businesses, that was when um, Tuttle Brothers closed and now it was, it's been revitalized, um, but before Tuttle Brothers, it was actually Elder Tuttle Hardware, and we were a hardware store. And my family bought out the Elder family, which they went into the law practice um, two generations before I decided to do the law practice. Wow. But um, my family, we opened uh, Tuttle Brothers, and the mentality that we had was, it was a 24-7 store. My grandfather and his brother, great grandfather and his brother, stayed 24/7 so that if you had a breakdown or needed car parts, you could go to Tuttle Brothers, and and we were the only people that could supply AC Delco parts up until 1997 when they uh, decided not to have exclusivity, and that's when Walmart and Advanced Auto Parts and all of those other companies started entering the market. And it wasn't as competitive for a small business like that.
0: How cool. I had no idea about that. (laughs) I think you're related to the Harveys because I think they're related to Simon Kenton too. So shout out to Zach and
1: (laughs) And Jeff. We went to school together, Zach and um, Jake.
0: Oh, yeah. Small world, small world. Uh, okay, so growing up in Springfield you went to Shawnee then you went to law school mm-hmm. What brought you back to Springfield? Like why do you why do you love this community so much that you wanted to come back and serve the people here in this community? Yeah.
1: so in college I did intern um, at the US EPA in Washington DC and I had actually looked at law schools and like including American University in Georgetown and um, we had a family uh, health emergency and I when I came back And I didn't go to law school. I didn't submit my applications at that time and started working um, as a direct care provider. And then I ended up getting a job at Huntington as a bank teller and um, really started getting um, passionate about the history and the genealogy that I have and the culture. Um, I really started advocating for, um, I advocated to try to save Memorial Hall got involved with Springfield Preservation Alliance, which actually then merged with the Westcott House. And I really started civic advocacy of trying to keep our history and trying to preserve the great buildings that we have, because that's what separates us from any place else in the world is some of the great structures that we have and the great history that we have from International Harvester with um, Bushnell and Glessner and Warder. All of that history that those people gave to our community I'm hoping that we can pass that legacy on to the future with doing things now that people will be like oh I remember them or oh what I want to learn more about them because they did great things back then for us
0: yeah you know it's amazing to me I'm on the board of the Heritage Center so we'd love to have you too if you're interested <laughs> I know you're busy but um, one of the things that, if you type in right now, Warder, Bushnell, any of these people on YouTube, likely you're not going to find PP Mast. You mm. likely not going to find anything about these people, and that's yes. one of the things that we've tried to do. Is is uh, like anyone t- anyone yeah. buys a house from us, we give them book history books yes. about all the historical houses, yes. the people that have built this. So that's amazing to me. I love the history part of it as well myself. Yeah. So coming back to Springfield, and now yes. you're married, and your husband, you guys <laughs> live here in Clark County. Yes. How, what's your experience like?
1: Well, see, I grew up in Springfield, and so I, I remember you know the days when there was nothing to do downtown, and so it's great to see the resurgence and the development downtown, Definitely. but I love, um, my husband's from Columbus, he's from Powell, and so it's great seeing Springfield through his eyes, and when he says to people he moved to Springfield, I love hearing what he tells people of the great art scene with the Hatch galleries that had opened right when we started dating. So, and Mother Stewart's and all of these things now with the um, Cohatch hatch at the market and all of the restaurants opening. I love seeing Springfield through his eyes because I, I know it, I can talk about when Community Hospital was there and all these other structures, but now seeing Springfield differently with him and enjoying the parks and um, what's happened with Snyder Park and the beautiful trails that we were at on Saturday. I I love this community and I love everything, all the people that are striving to make it better for the future.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And we've, we've changed a lot. Downtown is, mm-hmm. I can't, I don't even recognize it from the time that I came here when I came, to Wittenberg in 2007, <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, there was literally nothing to do, and now it seems like with the parking garage and the condos and the residential component, that's really going to change downtown in the next couple of years. I feel like.
1: Yeah, well, and it's it's definitely seen the nightlife um, because that didn't exist um, ten years ago, five years ago. There wasn't a nightlife downtown, and uh, I love seeing that you can just. Show up downtown and go to Mother Stewart's or go to the Hatch or go to Stella Blue or Fratelli's. It's just great to have that opportunity to meet up with people and see people out in the community. Um, I'm I love being out and and being able to see people and do things. And we have we have great communities. Even we were out at the night market in New Carlisle and having that great community out there as well in Clark County.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So why don't we switch gears a little bit. Tell us a little bit about when you came back, you joined uh, Clark County Leadership, you were saying, and Mm -hmm. which is a great program that I haven't (laughs) completed yet myself and need to. But can you tell us about that and how that impacted you moving forward?
1: Yes. Um, So I attended the 2014-2015 class of leadership, and it's eight sessions where you get immersed with about 35 other uh, participants. And I'm on the board now and you get immersed into the community and each segment has different focuses, including like poverty in our community. Um, there's a poverty simulation so that you can kind of put yourself in the shoes of somebody else. Um, there's a crime and rehabilitation seminar, um, lifespan, and the history. So each um, day has a different focus and it's always on a Thursday all day and it's spread out over like six months so it makes it pretty manageable to dedicate the time. But one of the things I noticed was everybody always talks about problems. You can, it's easy to talk about problems. Right. But problems get fixed if people step up and try to fix them. And I really I really was invoked with the fact that you know, I could make a difference when I was practicing law and seeing piles on the floor and files in the hallway unsecured, um, going into court and the judges or magistrates saying, I don't have that, that's not in the file. I saw that there were things that could be done better, and that's why I decided to run for clerk, was it was something that I had direct knowledge on of how things could be done better, that could be better service to um, the participants, the legal community, and the entire public. So it was really where i saw that um people needed to step up and i ran against a 40 year incumbent back in 2016
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Seems like we've got a lot of turnover from older people that have been in office for a while with Kelly yes. and Yes. You know. So Well, your job is pretty complex. I mean, the clerk of court's office, you guys do appeals, trials, criminals, domestics, titles, Mm -hmm. uh, passports, (laughs) right? A little bit of everything. Yeah.
1: We have two divisions that most people don't realize that the clerk's office has. Um, The most common one that many people use is the title office, which um, we do motor vehicle titles, manufactured home titles, boat titles. Um, Even golf carts get titled um, if you want to have them street legal. Um, we also now have all three offices as passport certified, so we can do any new passport application. So if you, if it's expired less than five years and you're an adult, that's a general renewal that you can do yourself. But any minor passports that are done, um, minor meaning youth, and also if you've been expired for more than five years, you'd come through our office. Um, you have to bring in the photo. Um, But we can help you with the application and um, telling you what documentation you need and give you the oath that it is you that is applying for the passport. That's a very key element is um, saying that you're certifying the documents. So that is um, with the Department of State. Um, So many people don't realize that the clerk's office, um, it is a um, United States office, an Ohio office, and a county office that we... Are basically especially in the title office working on all three levels of government wow, because of doing that for the um, homeland security and the Department of the passports
0: that's incredible, so you, you obviously would do a lot here for for our community mm-hmm. um, so as far as the first time that you decided to run, mm-hmm. can you tell us walk us through that experience and what that was like
1: um, so i um, one of the reasons why I actually had run was um, because of leadership, and then I had been on Central Committee for the Republican Party, and um, Ron was fighting over, uh, my predecessor was fighting over um, getting a direct deposit for his paycheck, and um, it was something that's very common that everybody gets paychecks via direct deposit, and I'm like, well, maybe this is where we need to move forward. He, had been in, he was elected in 1976 and had been in office in, for 40 years, and hadn't had an opponent for 24 years. Wow. And so I really um, thought it was time that somebody stepped up and, and tried to make changes in that office. And so I had an opponent in the primary in 2016. And then I uh, ran against Ron in November of 2020 or 2016 and won the election. And so I took office in 2017. And I had seen a lot that needed to be done prior but once I got in and um, saw the piles of boxes and what the storage unit, um, it has been a definite labor of love of trying <laughs> to um, update all of those records. Because when you're dealing with expungement files for um, criminal cases, trying to find some of those cases, I, um, it took 50 man hours to clean uh, a space that a car would fit in in a storage unit. And, um, that was, uh, 50 man hours total with having buildings and grounds helping me. I had a cadet from the sheriff's office helping me. And then I also had myself and my staff, I had a couple of my staff that was helping organize. And those files, like it goes from court of appeals to civil cases, to domestic cases and criminal, and then the garnishments and Um, the ancillary cases, but having those organized to be able to pull a case within minutes is time, it's so much time saving, but then that's also how the records should have been kept. Um, I organized 52 years of records because they were in a heap, so to say, of no chronological order, no separation of case type. What a mess yes and um, so now
0: everything is online so you, if, you so, can literally pull everything like this right
1: so all of our docketing back to 1990s online and then I've also we've been scanning um, when old cases were um, pulled in the past they just went into a box they never went into the other case box they never were returned back to the slot where they were before gotcha so we've scanned over 60 of those old boxes um, of all the different filings so that we have them and then docketed where those case files What I created a new box name of and said it's located in C5 so that then I could go and pull that physical file again if I needed it like if it was expunged then it has a different process and needs, needs to be segregated but I've been working with um, the commissioners and the county IS department in order to um, have images available online to the public and the key thing especially with real estate where that saves you time is Title searchers that do the title for real estate titles would be able to not have to come into our office or email our office They would be able to check. Oh, so-and-so got that property in the divorce. Oh That foreclosure process. Oh, it looks like it all of the documents are there Everything's clear that would save um your industry a ton of time and money and being able to have that as a resource
0: so i'm sure all, all the local attorneys that do real estate you know, yes appreciate it, that yes saves them a lot mm-hmm. of time mm-hmm. so one of the things that i thought you were able to adapt and you're flexible which is uh, very impressive you were through this COVID. you mm-hmm. know we've kind of everything kind of shut down can you talk about how you've been able to adapt with your office to service the community
1: yeah, yeah. so in september of 2019 Um, I opened a Southern Village title office. Um, It was actually an old Huntington bank that had been closed for six years. And I had actually worked there when I was a teller a few times, and so I knew the space. It was actually where I had first interviewed with Huntington for a job. And I'm like, that would be a great title office because of the space. Back in 2016, I had kept it in the back burner. There were many other changes that I needed to make to both of the offices first, and finally, in 2019, I was able to open and, you know, one, bring life back into that space that had been a vacant structure for so long. And it took some time for people getting used to it being occupied again. And many people thought it was <laughs> it's a bank. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's good to see that. Um, we did have somebody sleeping in our uh, drive through at one point. So <laughs> it, was, it was definitely something to adapt with. And my staff did extremely well. Um, but really the business on that picked up once we did start Saturday hours back in January of 2020. And but really when COVID hit, we had three drive-through lanes, which was the first in the state of Ohio. And we actually have gotten the good government spotlight from the Auditor of State because of being able to serve the public during COVID. That's awesome. I, I thought about it for elderly and handicaps, um, maybe people with children. Never would have thought um, a pandemic was on the top of my list for having a drive-through title office. But some counties closed completely. Um, other counties were by appointment only. And we were able to have our downtown office be for dealers and the public to use the Southern Village office and stay in the drive-through. My staff and I have stayed safe during COVID, um, and it's been, a, it's been a great blessing. And we are actually, um, for the end of September, we are $53,000 more in revenue in our title office than last year.
0: Really, wow, that's impressive. You mentioned also adapting with credit cards and, and yes. using those kind of systems. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah, so um, in October of 2017, we started accepting credit cards. Um, Which had never been done before in the clerk's office of using credit or debit. We actually have online payments um, in the uh, legal division so people can um, if they have court costs to pay for um, a criminal case or for an interim tax foreclosure case they can pay those online and not even have to ever come into the clerk's office and it um, saves them time saves us time and makes um makes the records better um of having that digital tracing
0: that's awesome so it sounds like overall you brought the clerk of court's mm-hmm. office into the 21st century with yes taking everything online and using credit cards which <laughs> i don't even have anything but credit cards so for a person like me i would wouldn't understand what to do and then with the drive-through obviously those are big achievements and uh yes. great for our community so tell, maybe we can shift gears a little bit. So as far as opportunities, obviously you're a young entrepreneur, attorney, living here in Springfield. Uh, can you talk maybe a little bit about what, what our community? And for example, like your husband, he lives here in yeah. Springfield now. Bringing in young entrepreneurs and maybe we can talk about affordable housing and the, and the yeah. opportunity that our community has for growth.
1: Yeah, I, I think we are very ripe for all the opportunities. Um, we can be a catalyst for so much change and modernization in the um, this next decade. And um, Columbus, the the cost of housing over there is is skyrocketing, yeah. and we have we have such affordable housing. Um, the Tuttle Road um, uh, behind Walmart, where the new housing development's going in from Ryan Homes. You know, I grew up over on that side, and it's it's different to not see it as uh, farmland. But we are having new housing for the first time in, in decades. And that just gives so much opportunity uh, for new people to move into this community, for families to come back to Clark County. You know, there are many, I talked to somebody the other day that all of their kids moved away. And, and it's great to see some people moving back to Clark County that, you know, maybe graduated from high school back in the 90s and they're finally seeing Springfield as a place of opportunity and seeing that, you know, with people working from home, it's a great place if, um, with cost of living to be lower, um, being able to be out in the community. One thing I always told people, um, pre COVID is it's amazing. The events that Springfield has, uh, from the arts council to the symphony, um, all the different organizations that we have, you would not go to Columbus and be able to sit with um, people of all walks of life. But everybody's welcome to the table in Springfield. And that is always very welcoming that there's not, you know, this little niche can stay there. You know, you see everybody from the chamber to um, nonprofit and you I mean, I love to be at events, so I consider myself the, uh, you know, I like to be the elected official in the room a lot of times. But it's great that those events aren't exclusive, that everybody's welcomed into the Hall and Beck and at those events at the table. And you don't see that in Columbus, where all those people would be in the same room together. Mm -hmm. And you have the movers and the shakers, and you have the people that are eager to make a change. And that's... That's the great thing about Springfield is that you have those opportunities here.
0: Absolutely, so that small, tight-knit community that we have here. Mm -hmm. So what opportunities do you see for people like young people, for example? Because we've got a lot of people that have been in office a long time. What do you see as far as the change, as far as maybe a demographic change for maybe younger people, young entrepreneurs running for office?
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's important? Yeah, I think it's important because having those fresh, new ideas and those perspectives, instead of, The the words that kill anything is this is the way we've always done it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, in any from from the private sector to the public sector, whenever you have those words, this is the way we've always done it. You're limiting yourself on the potential for growth, for the potential for efficiencies and the potential to think outside the box to do things better. I had fellow clerks that were like, you're going to do a drive through title office. And they came down, I have, I've had 17 clerks come from across the state to look at how I've been operating my title office because they want to Im- implement those in their communities. Makes sense. So it's great to see Clark County being innovative. We were, you know, we had a patent office back in, at the last turn of the century. The Wright Brothers plane, the patent was written right down the street for that. That's great heritage, and that's what I wanna see Clark County do is where are those innovative ideas that we can be competitive and we can be innovative to doing things better than what we've done before.
0: Okay, so say it's somebody that is just starting out. Say they just got out of high school. Like, What steps would you recommend someone take if they're interested in in serving the community? What what way would you recommend?
1: Being involved, volunteering, I'd say I've, I've hired several um, people that have been right out of college or interns at the clerk's office, and many people don't realize that is an opportunity of a government office. Uh, there actually is um, different opportunities with student loans to get your student loans forgiven after 10 years of um, working for the government. Really? Um, which is another opportunity that people that may have had debt Working for the government and working in the county and that's where we need people that are hard workers people that show up on time and People that we can hold accountable to doing the right thing and not just this is how it's always been done
0: Absolutely. Well Not to change the topics, but yeah. we did talk about this the other day And I, I really don't know much about it and I thought I would just ask you on the show So you talked about like landlords. I'm a landlord for mm-hmm. example, and I know a lot of landlords and with this covid yes. there, you know there are some restrictions on evictions mm-hmm. uh, obviously there's some you have to show proof that you you know you're trying and yeah. stuff like this but you were telling me about some funding that's available yes. through the county can you just elaborate on that and what yeah. what that means for investors
1: so there's um there's two different forms that the county just put out last wednesday the commissioners for cares act funding and basically um, you can qualify i think it's up to $1000 a month if they apply, and there's two different deadlines. Um, The county commissioners are doing, focusing on outside of the county and people with um, uh, disabilities that were affected from COVID that may have lost their job or had limited income. And it's basically a grant process that they can pay your landlord for you and the funds will go directly to the landlord if that tenant applies for it. So there's applications available on the county's website that anybody that's a landlord. And then the second round goes for um, city um, landlords. So I'd re- really say, suggest people to review the um, application. And if you have tenants that are behind, maybe printing it off and saying, hey, will you, you wanna do this? Um, you know, that's, um, I'm a landlord as well. And, you know, I, I've tried to be like sympathetic uh, during the hard times of COVID and um, be accommodating. And so it's it's a key thing that um, is needed in our community to help bridge that gap. Um, also nonprofits, I believe, can have have an application that they can do. But I'd urge anybody, at least look to see if you possibly qualify. Um, I always think don't leave money on the table. Um, through the CARES Act funding, I've gotten about 50,000 back um, into my budgets um, for applying for what I had submitted for documentation uh, for in, in regards to um, a, a employees and um, buying supplies because of COVID.
0: Oh, like PPP and idle. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, we've got, what, 15 days? Like yes. 15 days before November 3rd?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: What are your thoughts? What do people need to be doing right now?
1: Well, everybody needs to get out to vote. Um, I encourage you to um, of course vote for Melissa Tuttle Um, but you know that's where people need to realize you know every I know it's a very volatile time right now with politics and people need to look all the way from the top of the ticket all the way down and really look at those people the people on the bottom of the ticket those are the people that are making differences in your community. That's how you can make a title office have a drive through that's how you can have credit cards accepted mm. that's how um we're doing same day docketing and servicing in the clerk's office, which was not done in in the past and we are basically as soon as the mail comes that we're waiting on the mail to do more work, and the work is getting done as soon as we get the the mail so those are the differences in our community is making sure that you're looking and you're getting out to vote and you're voting for the person and the candidates and really doing your research on what candidates are best suited for the job and have the experience for the job and are going to work for you. Um, that's, I run the clerk's office like a small business. I've um, saved over $2 million in my term. In a little <laughs> in a little over three and a half years, I've saved the taxpayers over two million dollars, based and I gave one million to the 911 dispatch, and then the other money is um, a two hundred seven thousand dollar grant that I got from the Supreme Court for my case management system update, and then all the rest has been being under budget. That much, that's how much I've been under budget in my legal office. That's incredible. And giving that money back to the general fund.
0: Well, I th- you're completely different than the, the government, <laughs> where we just spend and print trillions of dollars. But here locally, I'm just curious: what's more important, the big election or the small election here locally? What do you think determines our future more?
1: I always, I always say the your your future is the people that are working with you closest. That's where you're going to see the biggest impact and change. Is you know when you think of the local elections everything from um, county trustees, um, city commissioners, county commissioners, really, and you know, clerk of courts, auditor, treasurer, those positions are so key to making the difference. Those are the people that are hiring people. Those are the people that are, you know, I've raised the, um, my um, starting rate from, it was, $10 the first person I hired back in February of 2017, and I'm now starting at $15 an hour. That's impacting people's lives by raising rates and paying more. And um, that's how you actually have the impact in the community, is by giving back to the community. And that's, I really think the local elections, really people sometimes, they don't know the candidates, they don't research. And they just always go for the presidential and they leave the rest blank. And that's where advocating for people to really think of who they're voting for and why they're voting for. And, you know, whether you're an R or a D or an independent, you don't have to vote straight down one side. You can vote for the party and the person of how you see fit.
0: Absolutely. Well, I, we want to conclude this, but I want nice. to thank you for being the guest yes. on. Uh, I'm, like I said, very impressed with everything that you've done so far. You've got yeah. my vote. Uh, you can okay. count on me. I'm actually going to vote after, after we leave here. So Awesome. Um, thank Thanks. you so much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, hopefully okay. this has been a productive discussion. If you guys have questions, just drop them uh, in the comments or send us a message. How can people get a hold of you if they have questions?
1: Um, I have a Facebook page, um, Keep Tuttle Clerk. Or my personal Facebook page. Um, I try to respond. If you have a question about the office, then I also have the Melissa M. Tuttle Clerk of Courts page. Um, so, and um, if you have other questions, I um, always a personal message is the best way for me. Um, I respond to them even at like 2 a.m. Uh, for title questions, uh, I basically will work whenever I see the um, the email um, come in. I, so I. Do try to be a very accessible elected official, um, and then if it if you do want to come into the clerk's office and actually see what the office looks like, um, I love I love people showing, um, especially our vault that has all of our old books, which were not in chronological order when I took office, <laughs> <laughs> which um, I, I may have some OCD that I want numbers in order or just care about how we organize things, but uh, I really. I really do love what I do and love sharing the information and trying to make um make it easier for people to come in and, and do business with the clerk's office.
0: Right on. Well guys, thank you so much. Uh we'll see you on the next uh episode. And thanks again to my Thank Melissa you for, for the here.
1: opportunity. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Have a good day, guys. Thank you. Bye.